Welcome to Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern. I'm a certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He got his survivor pick right this weekend on a weekend where many people fell to the depths of underdogs. Grant, congratulations and welcome into Ride the Line. Thank you, Tanner. Welcome into Ride the Line to yourself and everybody else out there. Yep, we were talking about in pre-production. I had the Seahawks and Survivor, and I got that right, but that was one of very few things that went right for me and for most people out there because that was one hell of a week of football, to put it mildly. Um, we had the, the Dolphins score 70 points. You were telling me three of the four biggest favorites of the week lost. Uh, the, the Ravens lost in overtime to the Colts. The Jaguars lose to the Texans. The Cowboys lose to the Cardinals. And then the one underdog that didn't, excuse me, the one favorite that didn't lose was the Chiefs. And they won 41 to 10. Just, just a very strange week of results. Um, I don't know about you personally. I was like, 40% with my bets. And honestly, in a week like that, you'll take that because it was just totally unprecedented. Yeah, the sports books cleaned up this weekend. We'll start with Colorado on Saturday. 99% of the money's on Colorado money line. Sports books clean up. Yesterday, a lot of parlays were busted with the Cowboys money line. That was a big one. Um, that, that So I was done before. I had a bunch of like parlays that I was cooking up and the Cowboys were in it, but they were dead early in the day just because of all the favorites losing. I took the Jaguars who were atrocious yesterday. Like, Absolutely terrible against Houston Texans. They lost outright. The uh, Cowboys lost outright. And then the other was, who else lost outright? The Ravens. That was the three of the four biggest favorites, and the Chiefs ended up winning. So it was an interesting weekend of football. It just shows it's going to happen in the NFL. Big favorites can lose outright with these. They're all professionals. And when it rains, it pours, too. Like, this was a whole week of just wacky results going around. So I do want to tell you, though, just to put this out there, we were talking about the Cowboys and Cardinals at some point last week, and I told you the Cardinals have been putting in decent performances this year, even though they're 0-2. And they've got a tough schedule. They go they go commies on the road in week one. They get Giants, uh, and then they get Cowboys, and now they get 49ers last week or next week. Like that's a brutal early season schedule, but they've been playing decently well. They do not look like the worst team in the league, which all the sports books thought they would be. Yeah, and also shout out to the 49ers. I guess they were one of the biggest favorites of the week, too, as well. They end up winning. So I say three of the five, but on Sunday, three of the four. Um, what was your biggest surprise of the weekend, Grant? The biggest surprise of the weekend for me, I mean, well, I mean, I'll answer this with two two things. The first one is the Dolphins scoring 70 points. Like, yeah. they could have set the all-time record for points in a game. They were down at, like, the 25-yard line at the end of the game with three minutes left, and then they just opted not to kick a field goal. Mike McDaniel showing a little bit of respect to uh, the Broncos. That was the funny part. They scored 70 points without running the score up like they had Mike White in in the fourth quarter they had third and fourth and fifth stringers out on the field and they were still scoring touchdowns late in that game so um that was that was the biggest surprise but the biggest surprise loss for me was probably I mean it was probably the Cowboys even though I was saying the Cardinals have been performing well I thought there was a world in which the Texans could beat the Jaguars um what I did was I teased the Jags down to a money line because I thought they would still win but I didn't think they were going to blow them out like that nine and a half point line said uh CJ Stroud's actually been performing really well so far this season and D'Amico Ryans has that Texans team playing you know with aggression so uh it would probably be it would probably be that even though you know I expected them to Expected to be closer. I didn't think the Jags were going to lose that game. And they're now one and two. And their seasons, like, I thought they could legitimately win 14 games this year. They're now one and two. 
I agree. The Jaguars are on a downhill slide. I think they'll pick it up just like a lot of teams will pick it up as we develop the season here. My biggest surprise was definitely the Arizona Cardinals beating the Cowboys. And we're treating the Cowboys like the 85 Bears. This is a team that loses in the divisional round every single year. So we need to calm down. I still think Dallas is legitimate. But I think Arizona, you can take from the flip side and say they play really hard. And they're really they're a good, bad football team, if that makes sense. They all have a lot of talent, but they make the most out of what they have. They've been competitive every week. They really should have two wins right now. Um, and that was a big, big win for them. I don't think they'll be picking last in the NFL draft with what they've shown the first three weeks. You know what's interesting too, Tanner, is the two teams that have been, um, you know, in that 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 team, the group of teams that are bad but they're actually playing well. Who are the two of the biggest ones? The Cardinals and the Colts. Well, the Colts got Shane Steichen, the Eagles' offensive coordinator, and the Cardinals got Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' defensive coordinator. And with what we've seen from the Eagles so far, even though they're two and zero, their performances haven't been totally impressive. So it's interesting to see how that has played out. Normally, the coordinators don't get a lot of love. It's the quarterback and the head coach, but we are seeing the influence of the coordinators so far this season. Yeah, we're going to break down the Eagles and the Buccaneers right now, as well as the Rams and the Bengals. But before we get into that, remember to follow the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, check us out on social. We got a ton of stuff there. You just have to press a button and we're giving you the picks. I think we still did okay on Friday, honestly. I think we still did okay. We both lost on the uh, the Broncos. Not no, Broncos. you – well, uh, let me see. You we went two and one. Them. I went one and two. Okay, so there you go. Three and three on one of the biggest, the worst days of the NFL so far for betters. Fall the page, not rocket science. Anyways, Grant, let's talk about this Buccaneers and Eagles game. Actually, should we talk about this one first or second? Because I know it's the first game of the night, but it is the headlining game of the night. That's a good point. And you know what? Tanner, as you can tell from his new background, Tanner's in Tampa Bay right now. He will be in attendance. So let's talk about the other one. Let's go rams Bengals to start it off. All right, so... Rams and Bengals, biggest thing here is Joe Burrow's not going to play in this football game. The Bengals were three and a half, I believe. They were down two and a half, and now they're a one and a half point favorite. In my I, I, I got I to jump in. Technically, he's a game-time decision. Okay. I Probably not going to play. Probably not, I'm, no. That's what I'm thinking. And I think the Bengals can still survive in this football game without him. Um, I don't see the Bengals starting 0-3, and I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Joe Mixon tonight. I think we're going to see Jamar Chase start to get involved, hopefully, um, no matter who is under center for them. And I do like the Bengals to win. I think the Rams are a talented football team, but you shut down Puka, I think you're going to be just fine. And Aaron Donald. So I'm on the opposite side of this one. I'm going to be taking the Rams, uh, and for plus two, there's there's not a, a great – is that a great deal of value from that? I mean, you know, is it possible the Rams lose by one but still cover? Yes, it is. But I'm just going to take the Rams straight up. I got them on the money line. I think what you've seen from them so far this season is that offense has been a lot more lively than most people were expecting. They scored 30 on the road against the Seahawks in week one, put 23 on the 49ers defense, which is, you know, probably the best in the league. So that's pretty impressive. Um, you've seen Matt Stafford's looks pretty good. Puka Nakua, like you said, you know, if you're a fantasy owner, it's been paying off for you. And Burrow, if he does play, he's been really bad the last two games he's clearly not 100 of himself he's joe burrow in name only right now not even remotely close to joe burrow the actual player and then if he doesn't play well jake browning has not completed a pass in his nfl career now i'm supposed to be looking at him to win a game on prime time i don't really love that um and you were talking about some of the other guys it's time for them to step up well jamar chase we've seen throughout his nfl career take steps back when burrow isn't in the lineup he's had a bad start to the year so i don't see why that would change now joe mixon you know yes you expect to see a heavy dose of him but so far this season the Bengals have one of the worst running offenses in the entire league 
Um, they are down, I believe they're 28th in rushing offense, just over 70 yards per game. So I really don't like what that's going to do for them. And then the Bengals defense, it was top five in points allowed last year, but they've given up 27 and 24 through the first two games this year. So unlike you, I'm going to be on the Rams side of things. I like the way this shapes up for the visitors here. You got to put this game on the backs of the offensive line. He spent a lot of money on him in the offseason. Cincinnati's tried to regroup that offensive line and get them better and better. It's a game where you got to come out, you got to run the football with Joe Mixon. Um, that's the only way I think you stay in this game. And I do think they find a way to win. You got to take pressure off Jake Browning, high percentage completions. But for the Bengals and the money line, I'm going to take it here. I just, I just can't see them starting 0 3. I think to your point, uh, dominating the trenches, now that would be number one. You know, that's going to be tough against Von Miller and company. But also, can you get an interception or two off of Matt Stafford? If you can do that as the Bengals, then you really give yourself a chance. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the Rams have been overperforming, the Bengals have been underperforming. So hopefully, the two can align tonight. We see a more closer football game. But this was supposed to be the headline of game, the Super Bowl rematch. Nobody cares about this game. The game oh. people care about, the 2-0 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the 2-0 and Philadelphia Eagles. Grant, this is the only 2-0 and matchup versus 2-0 and matchup you will find on the Week 3 schedule. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a very good chance of pulling off an upset tonight. Grant, we'll start with you. What's your pick? Yeah, so I'm going to be on the Buccaneers side of things. Now, This the line has been moving like crazy. And, Tanner, I know you've been talking about it on socials and all that stuff. It opened its plus 6.5 for the Buccaneers. Dropped down to plus 4.5 despite the money being on the Eagles. Now it's back up to plus 5, plus 5.5, depending on the sports book you get it at. By the time kickoff rolls around, it might have changed again completely. So, you know, do your line shopping as per usual. But... The Buccaneers, Tanner, I, I think there's a really good chance for them to cover. I haven't been impressed with what I've seen from the Eagles so far. I think that they've been let off a little bit easy as far as you look at their their uh, their record and you see it's 2-0, and but the performances haven't been that great. I was talking about the importance of coordinators earlier, specifically on offense. The, the offense just doesn't look the same. They're not balancing the run in the pass as well as they did last year. Brian Johnson doesn't seem to have everything clicking as well as Steichen did before he left. And then the defense has not looked good. It's given up the second most passing yards per game in the NFL this season. So far, I think it's at like 347 something to Cousins and 315 to Mac Jones, uh, you know, two, I guess, you know, established quarterbacks, but not even remotely close to the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I think there's a good spot for the Bucs. You know, the Bucs, they're at home. They've played, they played pretty well so far. They're 2-0, got some surprising wins. Um, one against the Bears, which maybe is a little more expected, but they did it pretty convincingly. And then they got an upset win over the Vikings. So yeah, I'm going to be on the Bucs plus five, plus five and a half here. The sports books are trying to draw people to the Philadelphia Eagles, Grant. That's my conclusion here. We saw the same thing in primetime against Minnesota Vikings last week. The line was moving in favor of the Vikings. The majority of the money was on the Eagles. Vikings ended up covering in that game. They're Right now, Grant, never believe this, 77% of the money, this is on DraftKings, 77% of the money, 75% of the bets coming in on Philadelphia Eagles at minus five. The line has dropped, though, from six and a half to five on DraftKings, and the Buccaneers are getting 23% of the money and 25% of the bets. Pretty Pretty crazy stuff, if you ask me there. So what do you attribute that to? Why do you think that is? Because normally, you know, if it's 70% of bets, but 70% of money on one side, then the line will drop. But that's not the case here. So why do you think it's dropping? Line, yeah, the line should be moving towards the Eagles. The line should be going to six and a half, seven and a half, since going down to five. Though It's usually like sharp money. Like there's big bettors, like that 25%, some of that big money is coming in on the 
Buccaneers or the sports books think that the Buccaneers are a better team than the Philadelphia, not better team, but they think they can cover against the Philadelphia Eagles with five or four and a half points. And they're trying to draw people to the Eagles just to get more money on that side. So there's a lot of different, you know, reasons for it. Usually when you see like low percentage or high per, low percentage of bets, high percentage of money that can indicate that like sharp money's on that one side. We're not seeing it here. We're just seeing a load of money on the Philadelphia Eagles, but the line's still moving towards the Bucks. So that, that is weird to me. That makes it think that the sports books have something in their model that shows the Buccaneers have a realistic chance of covering tonight at four and a half or four, or even winning outright. And they're trying to get people on the Philadelphia Eagles. So I just looked up some numbers here. And last year, I know the Eagles were one of the best home favorite teams in the league against the spread last year, but I wanted to see how they were as road favorites. And last year, they were only two and five against the spread. Now, the Buccaneers were the worst team against the spread in the entire NFL last year. It was something pitiful, like four, four and 12 and one or something. But now Tom Brady was there. The expectations were different. You know, going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, things changed. And um, but Baker Mayfield has been playing very well this year. He's 10th in quarterback rate. Rating. believe he's sixth in passer rating completing like 69 percent of his passes through for how many was it 317 last week it's been a good start to the year for him you need to put this game on baker mayfield night you're not going to be able to run the football in the philadelphia eagles with the offensive line that you have you're not you're gonna have to throw the football baker's got to continue to be great on third down this season on third down he is let's see here 12 no 20 to 23 for 201 yards and two touchdowns got to keep that going on third down um, but I do like the Buccaneers to cover in this game just because the Philadelphia Eagles have been terrible through the air. The offense has not been clicking and people don't talk about it enough. The Buccaneers have a pretty good defense. Like they have a reputable defense. We saw it last year with the with the team. They just couldn't run the football last year. They put the game on Tom Brady, but the defense was OK throughout the year. I think we're going to see that tonight. I think the Buccaneers keep this one close. I think it's a field goal game. Eagles probably come out on top, but I like the Buccaneers with the points. We're on the same side for that one. Let's talk about our favorite player props of the evening. Now, this could be from either one of these games, but I know that we're both picking props from this game, this Buccaneers-Eagles game, and I was just talking about him. I like the over on Baker Mayfield's passing yards. Got this line for 226.5, so again, I'm going to be on the over there. Like I said, just threw for 317 last week. He's been making good decisions with the football. Threw for 170-something in week one, but he did what his team needed to. He stepped up in the second half, was able to deliver. And in this game, you know, I don't think it's very likely the Buccaneers are up big late and they're trying to run the clock out um you know first of all they don't even have a run game to begin with so i don't think they would be able to do that but i, I think there's a situation where either it's close and they're fighting to get down the field or the, the bucks are trying to get a backdoor cover or they're trying to make a late game comeback and that leads into passing yards more than it does running yards the eagles secondary which i talked about has given up the second most yards per game so far is also injured avante maddox and zach mcpherson are both on the ir james bradbury and reed blankenship will both play but they were questionable earlier in the week they're both dealing with their respective injuries so you know either a they're not going to be 100 percent, or b they might get re-injured and come out at some point in this game so i think this shapes up very well for baker to go over on his total yeah, I like Baker to go over the total. I think he's going to have to throw the ball. I see Rashad White going under. That number continues to drop. It's like 51-52. Now it's down like 48-49 in that range. So I see him going under. But for the Buccaneers to have a chance tonight, Baker needs to go over his total. And if Baker goes over his total, I'm going to pee back off this one. I'm going to say Mike Evans is going to go over his total. Right now on FanDuel, this is at 56.5. On DraftKings, it's 53.5. But it is minus 125 on DraftKings with so 53.5. So you're paying up a little bit there for less yardage. 
I see Mike Evans going over. He's getting 10 to 11 targets per game. He had 170 last week. Now, that was on a long of a 70-yard catch. But when you take that out, he still had 100 yards without that long 70-yard catch. Baker is targeting him consistently. They've seemed to found some sort of rhythm. And he just continuously gets open. I go back to the Vikings game. Justin Jefferson was against Darius Slay that entire game. Justin Jefferson still found ways to get open. I think Jefferson is more explosive than Mike Evans. But Evans is one of the best receivers in the league. He still is. He's, I mean, just, what, nine straight 1,000-yard seasons as well are going for that. Um, so he is going to get open. He's going to find ways to get open. And I think the I think the Bucks could be playing from behind in this game consistently, even though I still like them to cover, which is going to force them to throw the football, and Evans needs to deliver. Yeah, and we've seen Baker. He likes to lean into one receiver on his team. You know, of course, he's got some other options like Chris Godwin and other guys, but Mike Evans is the best of that group. And uh, with what we saw last week, it seems like he will be heavily targeted. And Mike Evans, first of all, isn't the type of player to demand somebody to follow them around the field. So if Slay's getting the better of him, they're going to move him around. They're going to find ways to get him open. But, you know, like you said, you know, to your point, if Baker goes over, Mike Evans is most likely going over. And since I'm on Baker, then I got to be on Evans as well. Yeah, just perfect teamwork there. Perfect teamwork. (laughs) Buccaneers are winning. Nobody gives a – nobody cares about the Bengals game tonight. It's all about the Buccaneers. 2-0 Bucks, 2-0 Eagles. One team's coming out top. Buccaneers playing for sole possession of first place in the NFC South, too. It's a big game. Big it is game. a very big game. It is a very big game. And to cover, to check out coverage for all the big games this year. I messed it up so bad, Taylor. Let's reset that. To check out our thoughts for all the big games of this year, come back to Ride the Line so you can hear me screw up the outro. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday, you get the Monday night preview. Wednesday, you get the Thursday night preview. Friday, you get the Sunday preview. Don't miss out. We'll see you on Wednesday for another episode.